Good morning. Welcome to the Thursday edition of Let's Open the Bible. It's Russ and Gavin coming back at you again. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, we appreciate you. We've been uh, talking about, uh, we, we well, yesterday we talked about knowing the will of God and as it relates to God's calling into ministry. Uh, Gavin, I, in, in full... Um, in, in full uh, disclosure. Disclosure. Thank you. That's a good word. Yeah, I like the word. Yeah, I just couldn't think of it. Uh, in full <laughs> disclosure, uh, we we just voted uh, on uh, on somebody for the position of youth pastor, and and so that's probably what brought the idea of knowing God's call uh, to my mind. Can I tell you what I love no. about Russ and I? No. Yes. No. Go ahead. Yes. No. Yes. No. No. <laughs> All right. What I love about Russ and I is we disagree, and. He always says that I have my way and, and he'll have God's. So right. I, he, he leaves me out of that. I think I've said this before. I, have you ever been around people that, you know, you ask them, hey, what'd you do for Halloween? And they go, excuse me, we, I love, Jesus. we love Jesus. Yeah, I love those people. And, and sincerely, I mean, I sincerely love them, but I love most of all when they mean it sincerely and they leave you outside of loving Jesus. Oh, we don't do that. We love Jesus. And I'm like, wait, wait, how did I get left outside of loving Jesus? So... Yeah, well, you I do mean, that often. It's yeah. The wounds are deep. It's who you are. The wounds are deep. Yeah. Well, uh, listener, if you are still listening to us, I appreciate that. Uh, if you want to <laughs> go, that's an act of grace. <laughs> yeah, that's all that is is grace. Yeah, <laughs> proof that proof that God loves us, or a glutton for punishment. Yes. So, so they, they have you have you seen those things where it says, and I, we do need to get in the word, but have you seen those um, things actually said in a job review? And one of them is his team would follow him anywhere, but only out of morbid curiosity. <laughs> on actual job reviews, that you know, the, those some there's some really funny ones on there. So, yeah, if you're with us right now, it may be out of morbid curiosity, and we appreciate that. Yes, uh, if you have your Bible, let's hurry and get to James chapter four, verse eight, before Gavin comes up with some other obscure little thing that he read. Somewhere hey, Russ, back I got 19, something I want to share with you. 1972. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I'm going to lead us in prayer, and then I'm going to ask Gavin to read the word because I think he needs it this morning. Uh, let's pray. Father, we love you um, because you first loved us. And, and Lord, we, um, we just want to serve you. We, we want to be uh, one that glorifies you with every aspect of our lives, um, that we would store up your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. And that the thoughts of our hearts, the meditations uh, of our hearts, rather, and the, and the words of our lips would, uh, would honor you and glorify you. And that it would never be said of us that our hearts are far from you, but our lips are near. And so, Lord, as we get into your word and as we discuss uh, today uh, what it means to draw near to you, Father, guide our steps and direct our paths. That this would be encouraging and helpful and, and informative uh, for us here this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and love and for your word, but most of all for your son Jesus and his shed blood. And we ask this in his name. Amen. Amen. James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Yeah, so um, part of the reason why I... Uh, I wanted to go here today is because for me, uh, James chapter four, verse eight is, is both a challenge and an incredible promise. 
the challenge is, is how do we draw near to God? Uh, the incredible promise is, is that as we do, he draws near to us. And, and I just, I, I am still just at awe with the fact that the creator of the universe is uh, willing to draw near to us. Um, and, then, and then James here talks about cleansing our hands, purifying our hearts, and he calls us double-minded. That's not a compliment. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, earlier in, in this uh, epistle, he talks about uh, the double-minded man who's unstable in all his ways. And, and actually, the, the word there in the Greek is the word we get schizophrenia from. Uh, it's a, it's a, like a torn mind, torn in two different directions. Uh, so certainly not something that uh, should encourage us there, being called double-minded. Um, but, but do want to talk a little bit about what it means to, to draw near to God. We've, we've talked about some of these verses before, but I, I think it's helpful to, to kind of think through some of these things. So drawing near to God and, and enjoying this rich promise from God that he, he also will draw near to us. Yeah. So man, there's so much to begin with. First of all, God loves you. Mm. Uh, if you Amen. are his, if you are his child, he loves you yet while you were still a sinner, he, he sent his son to die for you. That, that is for, uh, the redeemed or the ever will be redeemed. Um, and it is, it is an invitation to all people to repent and turn to God and trust right. in Jesus. So, but, but let, maybe it'd be helpful for me. I, my mind runs every direction, but where it should be, maybe it's helpful for me to look down at James four, eight, and walk through it. So draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The very first thing I'm going to ask myself is how do I get close to God? Right. Okay. So, uh, you know, in one sense, God is everywhere. Psalm 139, where can I flee from your presence? I can't go anywhere away from God. It's the ubiquity of God or the omnipresence of God. Uh, God is not everything. God is not in everything. That's pantheism and panentheism. He is neither of those things. God is everywhere. There is no place you can flee from the presence of God. Amen. Okay. So God is not, you know, sometimes we have this vision of God as a glorified Santa Claus sitting on a, a throne and, you know, making his list and checking it twice. That is not God. God is spirit and has no body as we do. God is spirit. We know this from John four and the woman at the well. Um, you know, God wants worshipers in spirit and in truth. God is spirit and wants worshipers in spirit and in truth. Yeah. So we understand that. Um, uh, all right. So, so let's, let's say, okay, we know now what it, it, it does not mean. It does not mean we're going to, you know, go and sit around a throne. It doesn't mean that we go to a place. I mean, that is kind of what the, the woman at the well was told. Should we worship here or in Jerusalem and Mount Gerizim where she was, or, or should we worship in Jerusalem? He says, there's coming a time when you're not going to worship in a place. And the place was just symbolic anyways. The temple was not actually where God dwelled. Even Solomon, when he dedicated it, recognized God. You're not dwelling in a house made with, made with hands. You're not dependent on us, you know? And, and so, so, but, but even symbolically, dwelling in the temple and the tabernacle and his presence with his people, God still is everywhere. And how do we draw close to a God that's everywhere? All right, well, let's, let's keep reading. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I think that's twofold. I don't think we approach the throne of grace with confidence unless we have accepted that great high priest. We do not have a, a, a high priest that is unsympathetic with our weaknesses, but one who in every way was tempted as we are yet without sin. And when we trust in Jesus, we can approach the throne with confidence. So I think the cleansing of the hands in some sense, at least positionally, at least in terms of our relationship with God is trusting in Jesus and we are declared righteous and we are washed in his blood. Okay, so cleansing our hands is, first of all, trusting in Jesus. But I also think there's a practical holiness as well. No, I think that's, that's, that's good, very good, in fact. Um, and, and one of the things that, that 
I always look at here. I've so I've been called to two different churches, and in both cases, when I went to those churches, I began the practice of emphasizing Bible reading and prayer, spiritual disciplines. Okay, and and oftentimes, what I've learned through that, and what I've what I have experienced through that is, is as as we as I introduce like a reading plan and different things. Though I'm saying those things are not perfect. Uh, because then they can become just a duty, just a checklist of things that you're doing. It's, it becomes witchcraft. If but, I just do enough of this, right, check right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but what my experience is is that a lot of the folks are folks that have not been pushed to do that. They've not been disciplined right. to read their Bibles with any kind of regularity. And, and what they've discovered is I've had folks that have been believers for a number of years that have finally read their Bible through for the first time, and there's a certain sense of excitement and enthusiasm that they experience as a result of actually being in God's Word and and, and then all of a sudden they have this greater understanding of God's Word, and they're not just getting from God's Word what they hear the preacher preach on. They're actually in it, studying it for themselves, and they're learning and growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Right, yeah, so so um, you know, sanctify them by, uh, by thy truth, thy Word is truth, right? right? So we need to be in the Word for sanctification that's able to make us wise into salvation. The Word does, uh, does a great thing, but it's not witchcraft. It's not just getting the formula right, the number of hours, the number of chapters you read. It's not that. It's not a checklist. It is not witchcraft. And, and again, let me let me go over what I mean by witchcraft. Witchcraft is when you just get the right formula down, yeah. and then everything is automatically opened unto you. If you could just say the right incantation or do the right thing. No, we're called, I love the idea of placing yourself in the streams of grace. Yeah. Okay? So, so does God have to honor your Bible study? No. Does God use that as a means by which he grows his people? Yes. And change their heart? Yes. And sanctify their soul? Yes. Does does prayer work? Yes. Is it is God obligated to answer your prayers? No, but this is the confidence we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we know that he'll give us the request of, that we've asked of him, right? Yeah. So so uh, those are called the streams of grace, those spiritual disciplines. They're yeah. not, they're, okay, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, so like you've read most or, or all of the book that I wrote, The Pursuit of Holiness, uh, uh, Walking in the Sun, The Pursuit of Holiness, the the. Th- I think the three things that I keep going back to, well, the two of the primary things that I always go back to in that book is prayer and Bible study. And, and, and so the reason why is because uh, it, it is there that we find uh, the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. The third thing that I point to in that book with some regularity is the idea of discipline or the practice of spiritual disciplines. And Kent Hughes uh, you know, cautioned there that these things can become legalistic, but so like the law never saves us. So the legalism of those things never, you know, they, that never saves us. But this is not about legalism. It's about love. Like our, our love and our sincere gratitude for what Christ has done on the cross, that God so loved that he gave, that the preeminence of Christ should propel us to desire him, to draw near to him. Uh, and, and to pursue him as, as uh, so many different passages of Scripture talk about uh, to be holy as he is holy, as God is holy, or to be perfect as Christ is perfect. Uh, and, and so the, the prayer, the Bible study, the, the implementation and practice of spiritual disciplines, uh, I think, is uh, the outflow of love when, when done properly, and is an aspect of drawing near to God, and, in, and that is also an aspect of the clean hands and pure hearts. Okay, um, so yes, repentance 
repentance. So cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn. That's what I believe the Puritans used to call heaping you know, sin upon yourself. Mm. Um, so, so then I would go to First to, to John you know, 1, 8 and following. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse mm. us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. I, I think it's good. I've, I said this, we did took communion and communion is, is a very intentional time of, I think it's helpful to sp- specifically not pacifically, specifically. Depends on which coast you're on. Not Atlantic, not Pacific, but specifically yeah. um, <laughs> to um, to confess your sins. Yeah. And I think it's helpful at times to say, you know, Tuesday I was re- really horrible to my wife. But there's not a soul alive that will remember every sin they've done. It's just impossible. This this week, you, you, there, in fact, in the Old Testament, there were sins that you did that you didn't know about, and yet you offer up an a-, a sacrifice after you realize they were sin. There are sins right. you don't realize are sin. There are sins that you didn't didn't recognize at the time. There were times you thought you were righteous, but you have that wicked and deceitful heart. You don't even know what you're doing is wrong. So, so I think that it, that it is a genuine general position of the heart to be confessing our need of Jesus Christ, heaping up our sins specific if if possible, and generally we are in need of a Savior, what a glorious Savior he is. I think that's when um, in the washing of the feet, you know, Peter says, wash all of me. And Jesus says, no, no, you've already been washed. You've already been forgiven. I think it's good to have your feet washed. I think it's good to confess your your daily sins, your your monthly sins. Or, you know, I, I think it's an intentional time of doing that um, in, you know, during communion, uh, t- you know, taking of it in a worthy manner is, is recognizing your need of that body and that blood of Jesus Christ. Okay. We don't re-crucify him, but we recognize we need him. All right. So heaping of sins. Then we are to perform deeds in keeping with repentance. That's Acts 26, 20. And then in Hebrews 12, 14, we are to strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So I think that's what we're getting at at James 4, 8. If you want to draw near to God, this is not formulaic. This is heeding God's word and trusting that God honors you placing yourselves in these streams of grace, prayer, Bible study, repentance, repentance. So cleanse your hands, you sinners and purify your hearts. You double-minded be wretched and mourn and weep. I really do believe that is heaping up sin. I think that's going, Oh man, let me be the woman at the feet of Jesus in Luke seven, who is weeping over her, her, her fallenness and, and, and worshiping because she has such a great God. I think Nehemiah 8 and 9 remind us that we, we can repent in sackcloth and ashes, but that's not the point. The point is worship. Amen. Okay, so, so let, me, let me keep reading. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. He will lift you up. There's a similar thing that happens in Isaiah 55 in verse 6. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. I thought God was everywhere. Well, there is a sense in which we are to pursue him. Um, and, and it's going to go on to explain what that looks like. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon it's very interesting in both of these places, when you want to seek God, when you want to draw near to him, when you want to approach him, it's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. And the way to approach God is put down that sin that doth so easily beset you. None of us will be perfect. I'm not calling for perfection. I am calling for striving for holiness, 
Now, I don't want to say I'm calling. I think the word does. Yeah. And I think it is really healthy for a Christian to to be wretched for a while, to 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 acknowledge God. Uh, I'll give you a, a, maybe an illustration. When I was growing up, I grew up in a church that had, it was very high church and we had the prayer of confession and it was just something you repeated, but it was really at, at the time I, I, I tried to focus on it as I got older. When I was younger, it was just rote. It was routine. It was just, uh, just let me get through this. But as I got older, I, tr- I tried to focus on it and it was like, God, we, all of us have not lived up to the high calling of following you. Every last one of us has been mean to our neighbors in a way that was not, you know, was not glorifying to your holy name. We've all uh, neglected to gather together as we should. We have not prayed for one another like we ought. Like it was just this acknowledgement that God, we've not we've not done what you have called us to do. That we would, um, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And then the we we would do some other things, but then after a bit. The, the, the pastor would come out and he would say, he would read a Bible verse that just proclaims our forgiveness in Christ. And it was, it was a powerful thing when you thought about it. Hmm. I mean, that's good. That's good. I don't, did any of that make sense today? Yeah. Okay. No, that was good. I, All right. I thank you for that. I think that's a good place to stop. Though. I do. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll pick up a conversation tomorrow. So I hope that you'll continue to open your Bible and meditate on these things and chew on these things. Until we see you tomorrow, be blessed.